Hi, good morning. How is everybody? Wow, you guys are really energetic this morning. Yeah. Uh, my name's Mike, and today we're doing the third in a series of four lessons on road signs. Last week, Nathan did a lesson on stop, and it was really good. If you weren't here to listen to it, I suggest getting on the website and listening to it. Uh, it was really challenging to me, um, and I hope it would be for you guys today. As you can see, today we're doing road construction. Road construction ahead. How many of you love seeing that road sign on the road? I know um, when we go on road trips, most of the time down when we're driving to Florida to visit family, uh, I can't remember which state it is. I would bet Georgia because I hate driving through Georgia. No offense, Jenny. Um, but there's just something about Georgia that just people in Georgia can't drive. And, um, and it always happens to be the state where there's like the most road construction. And how many of you love the road construction sign that says road construction ahead the next 23 miles? It's like, do you even have enough road construction employees to work on 23 miles of road? Probably not. But you're going to change the speed limit from 70 to 45 for 23 miles. Thank you. Yeah, and most of the time there's nobody even there except for like that block, like a city block of construction and then one lane. I'm not bitter at all. Um, but today I, I want to talk about road construction as a good thing. We'd all agree that our roads need to be repaired, so we have to have road construction. I like driving on nice roads, so as much frustration as I have getting stuck in road construction, we have to have it. Um, but today, under your notes, uh, it says, road construction ahead, is God still working? Yeah, the answer, really simple answer, is yes, God is still working. Hope you enjoyed your coffee. We can go home now. No, it's, it's deeper than that, right? Um, yes, God is still working, but, but how? Now, I firmly believe that God, being the God that He is, could reach into our world and change stuff. Him. He could do it. He could change everything He wanted to because He is God. But I don't believe that's His plan. I don't believe that's what he's laid out for us. Um, in your notes, if you have notes, they're inside your bulletin. Uh, right off the bat, there's a few passages I'd like to read before we start talking about exactly how God is working. The first one is in John 5, 17b. And Jesus is talking. He says, My Father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. In Philippians... 1, 4 through 6, Paul's writing, and he says, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And later in Philippians, Paul also writes, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act 
in order to fulfill his good purpose. So yes, God could reach down and change everything. He could do that. But I believe what scripture says is he wants to work in, on, and through his people. So how is God working? He's working in, on, and through his people by his spirit. In your notes, it says there's some passages on screen. I'm going to read those. And they're kind of long, but they're really good. So let's, let's, let's listen to this. In John 14, 15 through 27, he says, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and he will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Later on in John, Jesus is also talking in John 16, and he says, But now... I am going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things to you. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people do not believe in me about righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you in all of the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is from me he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So Jesus is going to leave. He left. But in his place, he sent the Spirit to us, an advocate, somebody who stands up for us. The Spirit is working today. He is working now. He is revealing sin and righteousness and judgment the way God planned it. 
He is showing the world what is wrong, or trying to at least. He works in us and on us so that we can be a light in the darkness. In Galatians chapter 5, it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So you are not to do whatever you want. But if you were led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Alright, so I don't know how many of you have ever had on-the-job training, right? Um, for me, when I became a brake press operator in a steel shop, I had no idea how to even turn the machine on, let alone program this machine to form metal into shapes that I couldn't read a blueprint at the time. My supervisor at the time showed me. I w literally walked in step with him as I followed him around the shop so he could show me stuff. He was right there. When I read this, we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I don't imagine somebody really far off. Do you guys? I imagine somebody really close, right there, working alongside me, showing me where I need to change, where I need to grow, where I need to learn. So God is working in me. God is working on me. But God also wants to work through me. In Luke 10, it says, He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And in Colossians, Paul writes, Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And then in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9, it says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those having the law, not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. 
I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I might share in its blessings. If anybody had any reason to say, look at me, I believe it would have been Paul. This man traveled the world. He set up churches. He preached the gospel, and people were saved. If anybody could say, look at what I did, it was Paul. But here we say, I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I might share in its blessings. He went out into the world, and God worked powerfully through him to save people. If you look at the entirety of the book of Acts, it's all about God opening doors and letting people go through them to spread His Word. To spread His message. So we've read all these passages about how God is working, how His Spirit is working. It's leading us. It's being our advocate. God's working in us, on us, and through us. If that's true, why does it seem so often that God isn't working? I can't be the only one here who every once in a while will look at something under the news and think to himself, where is God in that? Often it seems to me, just at a glance, that God's not working. So why? Well, there's three reasons that stand out to me. You might be able to find more in your personal life, but for me, three reasons that I don't see God, I, it doesn't seem that God is working. Number one, it doesn't seem like God isn't working because I'm not working, because we're not working. We just looked at a whole lot of passages. Uh, we looked at Paul spreading the gospel. We looked at Jesus telling us about how he's going to send the advocate and who's going to work in us. Far too often, we, I, don't take what God has given me and do something with it. Far too often, I'm sitting out there with the rest of you listening to a lesson, and I'm like, oh, that was really good, and then I walk out the doors and nothing else happens. Um, in Matthew 28, passage we all know. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go. It's an action verb. Yes, I know English. Uh, it, it means do something. Uh, we're supposed to go. We're supposed to be out there. There's a song. I don't hear it very often anymore. It's by Casting Crowns. And, and the, the song goes, if we're the body, why aren't his arms reaching? God wants to work through us. The, the church is the body of Christ, and he is our head. If I can't move my arms, it's not that there's something necessarily wrong with the head, it's probably something wrong with the rest of the body, right? Why, aren't, why isn't God working? Why doesn't it seem like God is working? Because we aren't. When was the last time you shared your faith? 
When was the last time you opened the Bible and read with somebody about what it says for their life? Yesterday, uh, there was a few of us up here looking at some studies um, of, of sharing the gospel with people. Uh, there was a really good discussion going on in uh, how can we share this passage and how can we talk about this. And um, If you haven't done it in a while and, and you haven't shared your faith in a while, you might be a little rusty, but God has given us His Spirit. If we trust in the Spirit, He's going to help us share our faith. If you don't know how to study with somebody, talk to your small group leader. I'm sure that they would love to sit down and be like, okay, let's learn how to study with somebody. Let's learn how to share your faith. Let's learn how to open the Scripture and share the Gospel. There are many resources on how to do that in this church and outside of this church. Uh, Alan said something yesterday, and he, he asked the question, what would our church look like if 20% of the people shared their faith? And that was really disheartening to me. Because when I started coming to Greater Alton, everybody did. It wasn't a question of how many people are sharing their faith. Everybody had this excitement. Well, I shouldn't say everybody. Everybody that I talked to had this excitement that they had something that they couldn't just hold on to. They had to share it with the people around them. Do we have that now? Are we allowing God to use us, to work through us to the people outside this church? Are we becoming everything to everyone? I, I have to admit, I'm not good at this. Um, there are people that I work with. Uh, this is, that's my big area of influence right now is my job. Um, that's, that's where I have the most contact with non-Christians. So that's my mission field. And there are people that I work with that I get really frustrated with that I don't honestly don't want to share my faith with. This week, I had the opportunity to talk to somebody that I usually have a hard time talking to. And he was asking me about the situation in St. Louis before it blew up. He was talking to me. He's like, you're a minister. What do you think about those other ministers? Talking about causing um, disruption. I was like, I don't know anything about it. I'll have to do some research and get back to you. But I have a door that's open now that I can share my faith. I couldn't do it right then and there. I told him I have no information on it. I'll get back to you. And I'm going to. There's other people. Um, I'm involved in fantasy football. Yeah. Um, there's guys at work who hear me talking about how I started a fantasy football league because the high school boys wanted to. And I'm involved in this other one. So it's, we're having a lot of fun. And then my wife's involved in it. And, it's funny. Well, they were like, hey, you know how to start one? I'm, yeah, kind of. Why? Can you start one? No. I don't want to be involved in three leagues. You know how much work that is? And like like five of my employees came up to me and were like, hey, we should totally start a league. <sighs> All right, God. At least it's something fun. Gosh got to work at fantasy football to proclaim the gospel. It's a hard knock life. But I have this opportunity with these guys and with people I haven't even met yet because they're friends of guys that I work with that we get there's there's this door that's open. Um one of the one of the guys now comes to me regularly for prayer advice. Or prayer for prayer and life advice. Which I was like, "Oh, yeah, I'll pray for you." It took me by surprise the first few times he did it. I'm even thinking about having my own little Super Bowl party 
for that fantasy football league. I haven't even talked to my wife about that yet. We just, hi babe. Um, but it, it's a thought rambling in my mind. Nothing solid yet. Uh, but the, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking that would be kind of cool to invite these guys to something like that. Okay. My daughter got into Pokemon cards. That's like crack to an eight-year-old. And an almost 35-year-old because he loves his daughter and likes to play games with her. Joking around about it at work, found out that same guy who asked for prayer is really into it. So, cool. Another door that's open. We're actually going to do a Pokemon tournament. I don't know what I'm doing, but... We're going to have fun doing it, and it's an it's a, a opportunity for me to reach out to this guy. I've talked to Madison about him reaching out to some of his friends through it, and a few other people. It doesn't always have to be something nerdy or something time-consuming like fantasy football. It could just be like a cup of coffee. Are you guys getting out of yourself and going, going into the world? Because God is calling us to work. The second... The second reason to me that it doesn't seem like God is working is because I don't understand. We don't understand. How many people here know exactly what God's plan is for their life for the rest of their life? And on top of that, how many of you know exactly what God's plan is for this church? I know what I'm eating for lunch today. Pizza. Yeah, we're, the teens are having pizza for lunch today. And I know what we're going to talk about in a small group. After that, I have no idea what's going on the rest of the day, let alone what God has planned for my life and for your life. In John 13, verse 7, it says, Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter didn't understand what Jesus was doing at that point. And many times, I don't understand what he's doing right now in my life. I can look back at my life in times that I didn't understand what he was doing, and I can see it now. I can see things he had going on in my life five years ago, ten years ago, and how it affects me today for the better. Uh, recently, within a couple of months, we watched The Shack at small group with the high schoolers. Yes, somebody was cutting onions, and I was sweating out of my eyeballs. But I don't know how many of you have read the book or have watched the movie. Spoiler alert. Um, at one point in the story, the main character, Mac, has trouble trusting God, and so he gets to sit on the judgment, she- judgment seat of God. God presents him cases. And God says, what about this person? This person is a mass murderer. Do they go to heaven or do they go to hell? Well, of course they're going to hell. What about this person? This is a serial rapist. Do they go to heaven or do they go to hell? Of course they go to hell. Then images of two of his children come up, his son and his daughter. God tells him, your son has been sneaking out and lying to you and doing stuff behind your back that he's not supposed to. And your daughter is suffering right now. 
She's going through a really dark time and she's pushed you all away. She's been mean to you. She's done all this stuff. You have to choose. One goes to heaven and one goes to hell. And he's like, no. I, no, I can't make that choice. You have to. You're sitting on the judgment seat. You have to judge them. One goes to heaven, one goes to hell. And this goes back and forth for a few minutes. And finally, who's going to heaven and who's going to hell? And Matt goes, take me. I will go to hell. You have chose correctly. What? So often we forget that this church is not the only group of God's children. In John 3.16, it's something I've heard, and you have heard probably your whole life. You've seen it at wrestling events and at baseball games. You've seen it all over the place. But that just waters it down. I'm learning more and more that it says, For God so loved the world, not God so loved His church. We don't understand God's plan. I don't understand what God is doing in the lives of the people around me. Because God wants everyone saved. God wants everyone to be with Him in heaven and be with Him in His kingdom. And I don't understand His plan for the people who are not already a part of that. I may play a role in one or two people's lives on getting them to heaven. I may plant seeds in lives of teens and lives of young adults and people around me. And I may never see the fruit of that seed. But God has a plan. And God has a desire to see everyone saved. So it may not seem that God is working because I don't understand. But trust me, God is. It, it stood out to me um, the, the, this past couple of weeks. How many of you really like the Chronicles of Narnia? I love these stories. Absolutely love them. Who would you say is the main character of the Chronicles of Narnia? Aslan. Aslan is the only consistent character in every single book, right? How often is he actually in the stories? Like, in person, in the story. Yeah, he's usually in a couple of pages of every book, right? He always plays a really big role, right? Because he's Aslan. In the, in the line, the witch in the wardrobe, you don't meet him for a long time in the book, but he's talked about. You know what they say about him? Aslan is on the move. Aslan is on the move. Now, for those of you who don't know, Aslan represents God in these stories. He represents Christ. And he is working behind the scenes, sometimes directly, throughout these stories, but you never see it. You see it indirectly, like in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. The spell is broken, and spring is coming. Santa shows up with presents. It's always winter, but never Christmas, and Santa shows up, right? Aslan is working. Do the kids understand what Aslan is doing? Does anybody in any of those stories understand what Aslan is doing most of the time? No. But he's working. And it's the same way in our lives with God. God is on the move. We just might not understand and probably really won't ever understand what He's doing until later down the road. We are not God, and it's not our place to understand everything. It's our place to bring Him glory. 
So I don't under, I, it doesn't seem like God is working to me because I'm not working, because I don't understand, and because I've asked God not to work. Or you could say, I haven't asked God to work. Would you agree with me that God is king? And that he is king everywhere his kingdom exists? Does that make sense? So wherever it's his kingdom, he is king, right? It sounds simple. As a society, have we asked God to stay in our schools? As a society, have, have we asked God to stay in our politics? As a society, have we asked God to stay in the workplace? So, as a society, we as a society, not we as a church, we as a society have asked God to leave those places. There are only two kingdoms in this world. There's the kingdom of heaven and the dominion of darkness. If the kingdom of heaven doesn't exist in a place, guess what? Dominion of darkness has found a foothold. Now, I have said that. Do not hear that I said God does not work in our schools. I believe God is at work in our schools. Our high school, our junior high, our campus ministries are evident of that. They are trying to shine lights in a dark place. It's not easy. I don't, I, I don't believe that God's not at work in your place of business, in your ministry. Adults, I don't believe God is not working in your ministry. I believe God is at work in your ministry. Seniors on the go had three baptisms this week. Uh, Becky, Barb, and Lois, are they, any of them here? There's Barb. I, stand up, stand up. Yeah, thank you. God is at work. God is at work and the angels are celebrating because we have sisters. God is at work. God is at work in the young adult ministry. We, as a church, I don't know about you guys, but every day, Cassie and I, separately or together, pray for God to work in our daughter's lives. I don't pray for safety. I pray for safety as much as possible, but I don't pray for complete safety because I know that we are at war. The dominion of darkness is fighting against the kingdom of heaven. I want my daughters to be safe. Don't get me wrong. But I also want them to be bold. And if you've ever watched a little kid who loves Jesus minister to their friends, it's awesome. It is awesome. Uh, this summer, Blythe was so excited that her friends were going to camp with her. And yesterday, one of those friends got to come over um, we were supposed to take the teens to the city museum, but we decided safety-wise to cancel that. And so Blythe got to call one of her friends to come over, and they were just running around and screaming, and I was like, yay! But it was really cool, because they talked about camp, and they talked about church, and it's really awesome to see that. We can do that too, as adults. we just got to come out of ourselves. 
in Ephesians um, 10 through 12, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We're in a fight. We need to be working. We need to trust in God. We need to ask for His help. He's provided us with the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, somebody to keep in step with. Are you trying? Are you getting out of yourself? Are you going? Tim and I were talking in between services, and we were talking about something, and it came. he, he brought up a good point, and I want to share it with you guys. There's, there's a fourth thing that, that comes up, and it's when I am focused on something other than what God wants me focused on. I, it doesn't seem like God is working if I'm not focused on what He wants me to be focused on. If you look at Peter in Matthew 16, verse 23, it's not on the screen. Matthew 16, verse 23, everybody knows this passage. As soon as you flip to it, you're like, oh yeah. It's Jesus looking at Peter and He says, get behind me, Satan. You're focused not on heavenly things, but on the things of men. So if I'm focused on the wrong stuff, I'm not going to see God working. God has put something in front of everyone here that He wants us to be focused on. So what can we do? What can we do to see God working? Well, the first thing you can do is take the next step. I would wager that everyone in this room has something that God wants them to work on. I know I do. And, and I would wager, even if you don't know what it is, you know there is something. So what can we do? We can take the next step. You can do that thing that God wants you to do. I don't know what it is. I'm not you. Maybe it's sharing your faith with your best friend. Maybe it's talking to your coworker over a cup of coffee about what's going on in their life. Maybe you need to become a Christian. Maybe you need to study out what Scripture says about being a Christian and find out and do what Scripture tells you to do. Because for the most part, our problem isn't isn't doing the big things. It's not we don't have the problem that we got to go to Africa and be missionaries in Africa, right? We have the problem of what's right in front of us that we're not doing. God has put something right in front of you. So take your next step. That's the first thing you can do. Second thing is work in step with His Spirit. So this might be tied into step one. Probably is. But once you take that next step, you've got to make sure you walk in the Spirit. You walk in, in, in line with the Spirit. The Spirit's going to guide you. God is going to guide you. God is working in your life. Follow what the Spirit says. Follow what God's Word says. He's not going to lead you wrong. 
It may not be easy, but it will be good. So once you've worked on what God is showing you in your life, you will see where he wants you to work in the lives of others. And the third thing we can do is we can pray. Pray. I'm going to admit, I struggle with remembering to pray. My wife is great about prodding me and reminding me. Lately, I've been pretty good about making sure I'm praying to God. Sometimes I just go through life and forget to talk to God, and that's horrible. It's something I need to work on. In Philippians 4.6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And in Ephesians 6.18, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Prayer is vital. You can't have a relationship with somebody unless you talk to them. I'm going to make sure that I pray more. I'm going to make sure that I'm going out more. I'm going to get out of myself. Because I want to see God working. I have seen God working. I can look back on my life and I can point to specific times in my life where God intervened and worked in my life for my good and to advance His kingdom. What are you doing? What has God put in front of you? Is there somebody on your heart right now that you need to go share His Word with? I know later today we, um, we're going to have time in our small group. There's a few people who want to study the Bible. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to study with them. Pat and Caleb and I and some other people, we're going we're to open up the Bible with people and we're going to look at what God's Word says for their life. Is there somebody that you have to share your faith with? Is there, is there something in your life, that next step is changing something in your life? Stopping something like Nathan was talking about last week. Your next step is your personal thing. And I want to urge you, take that next step. Walk with the Spirit and pray. And you will see God working. There's a communication card in your bulletin. Uh, it's a good place to start that prayer. There, there's a, 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 a side for prayer. If you have a personal prayer request, we have a prayer team. They pray for everything that comes through. They don't talk about it with other people. If you mark confidential, it'll only be confidential. No, nobody will see it. Um, but the prayer team is, is a powerful tool here we have. They're going to sing a song and then they'll pass a basket. You can put that communication card in the basket. If you're a guest here, don't give. The, the, the offering is not for you. It's, we wanted you to come to hear something, to, to receive something. We didn't want you to come to put something in a plate. If you're a member here, that's a time to put your contribution in. got to keep the lights on some way. I hope that we can all take that next step. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You so much for um, Your Word and the opportunity it gives us um, to see what we need to change in our life. Please help us to um, make sure 
that we're getting into that word so that we can use it as a mirror in our life so that we can change what needs to be changed. Help us to walk in step with your spirit. Help us to, uh, to be led so that we can do your will, so we can help advance your kingdom. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your kingdom and all the blessing that comes from it. Um, I'm so grateful, God, for this group of people that you put around me, this family you've given me. Help us to, to get out of ourselves and get out of this building and share your light. We love you, Father. In your name I pray. Amen.